0: It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, Brown Girl in Bloom. This is Bree, the host of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Welcome back, and thank you so much for pressing play on this episode. The Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast is a show for us Black and Brown women of faith that are ready to boldly love and celebrate ourselves, break free from harmful narratives that keep us stuck, and... Elevate our wellness and personal development so that we can live abundantly and with more ease. We are placing ourselves at the top of the priority list and we are doing it with zero excuses or apologies. Today, I am talking to Dr. Gina Charles, a.k.a. Dr. G. Dr. G is a board-certified family medicine physician Entrepreneur and wellness expert, who has been recognized by the American College of Osteopathic Family Physicians as one of their women physician leaders, I asked Dr. G to come and have a chat with us today because I wanted to talk about colon cancer. I was under the impression that colon cancer is, or was, is, or was a um, more like a disease geared towards men but i've learned that that is not the case women are dying at almost the same frequency Um, and especially in our community black and uh, brown men and women are dying from colon cancer at an astoundingly horrific rate and so i wanted to talk about that so we'll be getting into um, some facts and and information about colon cancer but also she's going to be talking to us about some tips um, for ways to talk to your doctor when you, you, you're you just feeling a little uncomfortable or unsure. So she's going to be dropping some information on that. And also, we're going to be touching upon the fact that it's okay to let your doctor go. It's, it's okay to let your doctor go. I had to say that two times because sometimes we feel like we are stuck or that they know best, um, but that's not always the case. And as we are actively seeking ways to take ownership uh, of our health and our wellness... Sometimes you have to let your doctor go and find someone that will connect with you on a level that you, that you deserve. Honestly, so that's what we will be talking about today. Um, before we get started, though, I do want to say that again. This is just a friendly reminder that the Brown Girl Society uh, membership is open. It is open. Doors close on October twelfth. Right now, it is in beta stage. Um, so you are getting, you're able to invest in yourself at a super low price that will not be seen again. I don't want you to miss out on this. Okay, so head over to browngirlselfcare.com and click on Brown Girl Society to learn more. And um, I hope to see you in the group. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I do want to say that unfortunately, technology was not my friend when we recorded So you will notice that there is a bit of overlap and some pauses here and there. Um, I am aware of them. I tried to clean up the episode as best as I could. There are some amazing takeaways in this episode. So please go ahead and have a listen. But also thank you in advance for space and grace. Here's the episode. Hey, Dr. Gina, are you there? Hey, Brie. Yes, I am. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to have you on the show. I'm really excited to connect with you and um, just have this discussion because I think it's very important. So before we dive in and I ask you a few questions and everything, can you just, um, for those that may not be familiar with who you are, um, go ahead and tell us some stuff about yourself.
1: Sure. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for having me on today's podcast. I think this is an important topic and it's um, extremely timely So it's good that we're having this conversation and getting the word out to the community. My name is Dr. Gina Charles. I go by Dr. G or Dr. Gina. I'm a board certified family physician and also an entrepreneur. I reside in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, but I was actually born in the Caribbean. I was born in Dominica (laughs) and raised in Harlem. Shout out to my Harlem people and my West Indian people. Um, I am currently the owner of a boutique aesthetics practice, Serenity Aesthetics and Wellness. And I am also a practicing family physician where I see every patient from baby to adult um, in an acute care setting. I'm currently also married to my husband, Ade, and we have two small children, one four and one three months. Oh, wow.
0: How, sis? How, Dr. G? How, how?
1: (laughs) That is, that is the question. That is a question I'm always asked. And, um, I'll tell you, I do things by, um, I had a boss, uh, when I first graduated from college and he instilled in me that you should live life with three B's. You either do it, delegate it or ditch it. And Mm. I have that throughout the years. I do what I have to and I delegate a lot. Um, and I ditch what doesn't serve me. So, you know, with all the hats that I wear practicing medicine, being an entrepreneur owning two companies, because I also have a wedding company with my husband. Um, having these two small children, um, still trying to make time for self care for myself. And of course, yeah. making time for it to be a wife, you know, you still got to twerk for your husband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> definitely. So I definitely you gotta make time to twerk for your husband, yes, ma'am. Yes, okay, yes. <laughs> Look, everybody, look, you have to make time for your children, make time for the husband, um, make really? time for yourself, make time for your business, make time for your job. So um, I definitely do prioritize a lot and uh, do a lot of delegation in terms of um, things that I need to get done that um, I'm not able to do in a a certain period of time. And um, I'm glad that you actually have this platform because when we think about self-care, you know, it actually started out, um, where people were a lot of companies were using it as a platform to promote bubble baths and massages and things like that, and self care is actually mm-hmm. a lot more than that. And, yeah. um, as part of my self care is uh delegating, you know, delegating. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. I do not cook every day because I cannot, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I. No, delegate that, you know, sometimes the husband cooks and sometimes we eat out so that other things can get done. You know, um, I think it's important as women that we realize that we can't do it all. Um, mm-hmm. it's important to delegate. So that's one of the large D's in my three D's, the delegation. And then the mm-hmm. others are do it. So that's how. <laughs> Wow. I,
0: I golly. And I know the conversation. I mean, well, this is what happens on the show. Sometimes it goes left. And and when it does, it's, it's amazing. That's why I'd love to have guests on because I'm all about, I don't believe that there is quote unquote balance as far as like something, or I should say there's no perfect balance. Like some right. things are going to your attention more and during certain seasons and. Some things will have your attention less. And so I love what you said. I hope you guys are taking notes because I've never heard of the three D's, but it makes complete sense to do it, ditch it or delegate it. And that's like, <laughs> that's life right there because we don't have to do it all. We feel like we do. We've been shown that we have to do it all and we've got to be strong and balance it all and juggle it while you're twerking for your man, taking care of, taking care of your kids Juggling your jobs, going to the grocery store, changing diapers, potty training, cooking, yeah. cleaning the house, you know, doing all these things. It's just not possible. Um, and I think that's why a lot of us, we end up battling with like depression and, and just our emotions are just out of whack. And because we just have so much and more is being piled on and exactly. physically and emotionally. It's, I don't, we were not built. Or designed to to carry all this this load, you know. We sometimes we gotta just like you said, ditch something. And if you can't and if you can't do it, but you have the means, delegate it and and delegate. And that doesn't always mean like spending money, which does help. Like if you can have like someone come in and cook or things like that. But there's other ways to delegate, like asking your kids to hey pick up your toys or mm-hmm. um yeah. asking for to pick and, you know different things. Asking for help that's a way to delegate.
1: Yes, you know. Yes. And
0: that is yeah. part of my self-care. <laughs> yes, yes, I am here for it. All of it. So thank you for sharing that. I hope you guys got that. Again, what was it? Do it, ditch it, and delegate it? Yes, yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So the reason that we are having this conversation is I, I, you made a post on Instagram uh, mm-hmm. a, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um The untimely passing of Black Panther, he's just Black Panther to me. I know he's played a million roles, but he just epitomizes, like, that's his identity. I know that may sound terrible, but he's just like this. When I think of Chadwick, I just think of this regal king presence. Um, I don't know. That's just how I think of him. But his passing, I think it it affected pretty much all of us in the community. It was a hard blow.
1: It wasn't yeah. um you know we we didn't know that he was sick uh, we didn't know mm-hmm. that he he had cancer. I mean in you would see pictures of him looking smaller, but you didn't know if it was for a role, and um, you know people always had assumptions, but no one really knew, so it definitely took the community by shock, yeah,
0: yeah, it really did. And to kind of touch upon that, and again, go on left a little bit, when those pictures started coming out, like, I think it was even, I think it was last year, possibly. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but it was was definitely, I feel like it was last year when I first saw some of the pictures where he was looking, you know, a little thin and not well. And just the fact that people were like laughing at him and making jokes and all that kind of stuff while he's carrying on this, this the battle, literally the battle of his life, <laughs> the battle for his life, um, I just can imagine. I can't imagine, I should say, how he felt and to be able to just keep going um, and just relying on those people in his his community that were, I'm sure, doing their best to just keep him supported and uplifted um, while he continued to go out there and just be our king. You know, and, and do all these things. Um, I don't know. It's just, it was just a lot. It's just a lot going on because people that didn't know, of course, they just thought it was just whatever. And, but he's just, it was just the fight of his life, you know? So that was another thing that kind of affected me. Like, I just felt bad because I, I, I know he had to have seen like comments and, 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 and things like that. And we just never know what people are. Experiencing, even if they don't look sick. I know he started to look sick, but even when people do not look, um, unwell, we never know what someone's dealing with mentally or physically. So hopefully that was a reminder for me just to mind my business, you know, stay in my lane, support where I can, and, 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 you know, just let people be, you know?
1: Absolutely. I think you just said something critical. We just have to let people be and we have to stay in our lane and mind our business. We don't know what the next person is going through, you know? So instead of making assumptions and putting things out there, just keep doing what you're doing. You never know what battles people face behind closed doors. Hmm.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: So your post on Instagram
0: really it it perked my ears up because I'm like, yes, everything you were saying is yes. I'm just gonna quickly read a brief snippet. And th- this is how I, um, I've been following Dr. G for a while now, but um, this is what she had to say. Um, according to the American Cancer Society, colon cancer is the third leading cause of cancer deaths in the U.S. Um, black men are dis- disproportionately affected by colon cancer. Um, and the most effective way is to, you know, get screened. And then she just, you know, gave some stats on who should be screened. And you know, it's people at about age 50, um, men and women. If you're not at risk, um, age 45 for black or black descent or African descent men and women, if you have that family history, um, it's actually even sooner than that. Um, and there's some other things. And so I wanted to just to have you on. And I know that colon cancer, like you said, most likely affects men more than women. Um, but I know that it definitely still affects our community and as black women, um, dealing with, you know, systemic nonsense that we have to deal with as it is. I just want to help get that information out in case it can help someone. And that's why I wanted to have you on.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. So let's, I want to ask you a few questions and I know that some of these are basic, <laughs> but um, I just, you know, want to kind of just make it plain as, as my mama would say, I just want to make it, make some stuff plain. So if you don't mind, um, can you just tell us like, first of all, where is the colon and like, what does it do?
1: Sure. So, uh, the colon is basically our large intestine. So it's actually part of the digestive Mm -hmm. system. So you think about when we eat food, food goes into our mouth. Um, Mm -hmm travels down our esophagus, goes into our stomach, then our large intestine, and then, sorry, our small intestine, and then our large intestine. So the large intestine is the colon. Mm -hmm. And the, the purpose of the colon is to reabsorb water that's digested, um, water from digested food, basically to keep the body from becoming Mm. dehydrated. So the colon is actually reabsorbing this water and the digestive food is further getting broken down. And then the colon actually moves, um, the leftover food, which is waste, um, into the rectum. And then we expel mm-hmm. that waste, which is stool via the anus.
0: Mm. Mm, okay. So I, you know, I, I perked up again when you said, um, water. I, I did not know that. <laughs> Honestly, I did not know that. So I would assume this is another reason we should make sure that we stay hydrated or to drink our water as often as possible, because I would assume it helps with like digestion. I know of course with like flushing waste and stuff like that, but would would you agree with that? I would agree
1: 100%. Yes. You definitely want to stay as hydrated as possible. Um, You want your organs to be able to reabsorb water because water needs to be filtered throughout the body, right? Water is actually helping Mm -hmm. um, things maintain their physiological processes. When you are dehydrated, some of those organs uh, start to experience the same dehydration and start to function differently because it goes into a sort of flight Mm. or flight mode. So we definitely want to maintain that hydration in our body. So number one, take home. Drink lots of water, guys. Mm hmm. Mm, okay, look, see this is this is why I'm glad you're
0: here because I'm learning some stuff, you know. This is great. Hopefully you guys are taking notes as you're listening to this because she's going to just cover some basics and I, this is stuff that we need to just either be reminded of or learn for the first time. It's it's definitely self-care is taking care yes. of your body. And a part of taking care of your body is just learning how it functions and what things do and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So this is perfect. Um, so again, I think I mentioned this before, but I know that colon cancer is generally regarded as like, you know, the, a, a man disease. Um, but would you find
1: that women are being affected by colon uh, cancer? Yes, actually women are being affected by colon cancer as well. And um, after Chadwick passed away, I was um I did go on to the CDC and I was reading some of the stats and they actually mentioned that um, one in forty one black males die from colon cancer, whereas one in forty four black females die from colon cancer. So that's one in forty one versus one in forty four. That's a close number, too. So right. our women are definitely being affected. So this is this is something that is affecting our entire community um of course we do obviously see it more in black men but it has to be addressed with the entire community
0: Mm -hmm. wow thank you for that stat because that is like a clear indicator to me that it is not just you know Mm
1: -hmm. a man's
0: disease and that's how I was looking at it. I, I, I was not aware that really those numbers are—they're very close. They're very close. Wow. So, since this really isn't just a man's disease, this is this this is this is like a, obviously a very serious thing. Um, women, Black women, you know, I, I feel like we're at a disadvantage when it comes to things like getting the health care that we deserve, being treated the way we deserve. Um, I have read that we're just not listened to. I mean, women in general, but I mean, double it for Black women. We're not listened to. We're regarded as, since we're strong, we can take it. We're not getting medications the same as other races. Um, it's just this, 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 this unfair, um, treatment that Black women are getting. And hopefully, this is something that we can, see start to change. I know that a lot of people have been speaking out about it. I know that um like for example when I think it was Serena Williams Williams, excuse me, was talking about her birth story and what she went through and how she almost died because no one would take her seriously, no one would listen to her. Um and I'm hearing more and more about this and it, it it's scary. Um can you tell us like if someone is kind of new to just learning all this like what kind of factors can increase the risk um of of colon cancer and and i would imagine that black people because it seems like we based on what i read we are at a higher disadvantage um or we hit the hardest when it comes to certain cancers and and we die at a higher percentage from what i understand as well from certain yeah. cancers too so like what are some of the factors that can
1: increase increase that so when we look risk? at the factors i you know, I like to look at the textbook factors, textbook quote unquote, and the Mm non-textbook factors. So, um, when I say textbook factors, I mean, okay, Mm -hmm. increasing age, right? You have a higher chance of, um, developing colorectal cancer, um, as your age increases. The other things are diet. So a diet, um, high in red or processed meat, um, tobacco smoking, um, Mm -hmm. that's one that we've learned from young, right? Smoking leads to cancer. Various types of cancers, Um, excessive Mm -hmm. alcohol, sedentary sedentary lifestyle. So if you're not as physically active, um, Mm -hmm. personal or family history of colon cancer. Um, For example, if um, someone in the family has a genetic syndrome uh, or even a history of uh, Crohn's disease. Um, so there's there are several risk factors, but then the risk factors that we don't see in mm-hmm. the textbooks per se that really need to be addressed are the structural and institutional barriers mm-hmm. that actually limit our people's access to screening and care. That's a risk factor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's also um, provider biases your, your doctor biases, um, for prevention screening and even treatment recommendations. Sometimes just like the situation with Serena Williams, you are voicing what you need done, but your provider is not quote unquote hearing you, you know? Um, so that's where those, uh, mm-hmm. biases come in. And I think, um, this conversation is, is really relevant because, um, we need to have these kind of conversations more often, um, especially around mm-hmm. um, the limited access and the barriers and also the provider biases. We need to start talking to each other about how to talk to providers, how to talk to your doctor, how to, talk to your nurse practitioner, how to mm-hmm. talk to your PA, you know, how to advocate for yourself, how to ask certain questions, you know, even before you you get to a colonoscopy. You know, even before you, you get to that doctor's appointment where you're asking questions because you have certain symptoms and, and you need that looked into. We have to start learning how to, how to ask and how to speak up for ourselves, how to advocate for ourselves and, um, not be afraid to do that. And also bring friends along that will nudge us so that we can, so that we can speak up. So uh, that the risk, the whole risk factors thing, mm. I like to give the textbook answer, you know, diet, lifestyle, etc., But also um, the other risk factors, such as the institutional structural barriers. hmm. Yeah, those
0: are major. Mm-hmm. And we face those every day. Like I, I can I'm. Pretty sure that every black and brown woman that's listening to this, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, excuse me, I'm making an assumption. I'm stuttering. I'm making an assumption. Um, but I can pretty much guarantee that almost every black and brown woman that's listening to this has had an experience at her doctor's office at least once where she felt like her doctor was not listening or didn't care or um, just wasn't being flexible, um, or, or like seeing her as a person instead of just, uh, I, I don't know, a, a number or, uh, an insurance payment or, or, you know, I, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we've all experienced that. I have too. And I definitely have, um, <laughs> a couple of times. I have. Yeah. Right. I'm like, so what when you go in there and they're doing that and you're like, excuse me, um, do you know who I am? Like, do you have to pull the do you know who no. I am card? Or like, how but, do you no, even navigate that as um, a black
1: woman? I've experienced it quite a few times. And um, sometimes, well, sometimes it was with people who knew I was a physician and just blew me off. um. Mm-hmm. Although I was, you know, mm-hmm. I was advocating for myself and um, actually had to bring others in so that they could really understand what was happening. And there were other instances where the person didn't know who I was and I did not tell them because I wanted to see how they would treat me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they they later found out. I remember one instance in particular when I was hospitalized for my um my first pregnancy. I asked for something and um one nurse in particular mm-hmm. did not want to give it to me and she blew me off. And um the nurse who ended up actually being my nurse as well as my daughter's nurse um for back and forth with the NICU, she she told her later on that day, she said, Do you know who that is? She's like, No, who? She's like, look at the wall. That's the chief resident. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Whoops.
0: So wait, yeah. was, was this in your hospital? And I got to go kind of Gray's Anatomy here since I'm not a professional, but um, so you're the chief resident. So you're like in charge of, okay, so what's the chief resident? Because again, I only have a Gray's Anatomy background. Oh, are you like right. the Bailey Miranda got a, a chief the resident
1: of <laughs> my program.
0: Who showed you that it was okay to aim high and go for your dreams while also just being yourself? For me, it was radio host Big Boy, Oprah and KTLA news reporter Gail Anderson. In part, these people are the reason why this podcast specifically exists. This is the power of black representation in media. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is more than a podcast. It's a celebration of Blackness from NPR where every voice is as distinct and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In this collection, you'll find stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment. Each episode, a living account of what it means to be Black today. From the intricate narratives of The Wire to the wisdom of Michelle Obama and the urgent call for reparations, Black Stories, Black Truths really is the truth. Space wasn't always made for our perspective, so NPR's new collection is necessary as it celebrates the richness of the Black experience. are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to theouai. dot com and enter promo code self care for fifteen percent off any product. That's theouai. dot com promo code self care. Feeling more grounded and relaxed is Black Girl Peace for me, and so I really need that while doing things like. head to com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement.
1: So I was the senior resident of my program, but she, you know, wow. I, I definitely didn't look like I did in the picture. Um, I I was preeclampsic and swollen mm-hmm. in the hospital, but, you know, it's just interesting the way people treat you when they don't know who right. you are, but um, I didn't tell her. And a lot of times I don't like to tell people because I want to see how you're going to treat. Yeah, I don't know what just happened. Hello.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. So that's oh, OK. That, Keep that going. It, that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what's sad, though, is like it. It, it really shouldn't even matter. But it's sad that Black... Right. But we have to be, quote-unquote, important. And sometimes, even then, that's not enough. But we have to be, quote-unquote, important to be taken seriously. Like, we have to be financially well off and have some weight under our names or... You know what I'm saying? So if you're a doctor, for goodness sake, and that's how you are treated, like... <laughs> The black women in our community, the black women in our community, like I know that some of us get great care and that's amazing, but I'm talking about the average black woman, you know, that's, that's, that's who I'm I'm talking about right now. Someone that may not have access to all the resources, may not have all the answers, may not even have medical insurance or the best medical insurance, you know, um, being seen, being heard, being understood. It doesn't happen as much as it, as it should and this country, it, it it's just, it it's terrible. And, um,
1: studies are it's actually terrible. showing now that women who have advanced education, um, are still experiencing these same biases mm-hmm. and these same disparities. Mm-hmm. So education, social status, um, is definitely not as a factor as it used to be. We are still experiencing these disparities. So it's it's definitely something um it's something that we have to continue to address and um I think that some of some of that plays into why black people are being diagnosed with certain diseases such as colon cancer later on in life you know historically, historically there's a mistrust mm-hmm. with the health system even before the Tuskegee study. You know, there are several instances in medical history that show that um Black people have been studied on from slavery. Black people have been studied on. So we have a mistrust with the health system. And, you know, we, we I know in in my family, I can speak for my family members. Some of them won't go to the doctor until you know, a limb is falling off or something like that. Um, to give you an example. You know, it's like it, oh, nothing right. broke. All right, we're good. Um and I, I think these kind of conversations are important. Right. And so, you know, we could uh try to break down a little bit of those negative feelings towards healthcare. You know, even if there's some type of mistrust, we have to start looking at The family tree, such and such died of something. Oh, what was it? You know, talking to our relatives and um, talking to our our primary care Mm -hmm. doctors and letting them know, well, such and such had a type of cancer. What kind of cancer? We don't know. Oh, but we're going to put that down in your chart because that's important so that, you know, we could start looking at you and, Mm -hmm. you know, running tests if you start to experience certain symptoms early on, you know? mm-hmm
0: yeah that is definitely important definitely important and that <laughs> that just kind of makes my mind go left as it always does and um just makes me it reminds me that some of us don't even have like a strong family history absolutely you know um we we, we don't we don't absolutely. know like what our great grandmama had or you know things like that we don't we don't know our 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 history like some other people do. We we don't have access to that. So that's another thing that kind of makes it hard um, when we're trying to take care of ourselves and take care of our health because we don't know what that history is. We think it's just something that may have popped up, but had we known that on my daddy's side that my great grandma had, you know, whatever, breast cancer or, or I don't know, whatever, um, or dealt with mental uh, a mental illness, you know, um, that would be good to know Absolutely. because that history is there.
1: Absolutely. But we don't have yeah, access we should to definitely that. Definitely be asking about, I mean, yeah. we don't have access to certain yeah. things, but, um, I realized that the more I speak to certain relatives, I find out a little bit and a little bit, you know, um, I, I wish, I wish I knew more, you know, I, you just mentioned great grandparents and great, great grandparents, and I'm thinking about even grandparents, like. Just knowing more about their history, mm-hmm. um, we we don't, yeah, we don't. And I know, I again, I can speak for my family. Mm-hmm. I love to speak from a point of experience. The um, mm-hmm. answer is not always a word that we say yeah. so freely. You know, sometimes Uncle such and such was mm-hmm. sick. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, what? You know, can mm-hmm. can you expound on that? What did us in such and such and such? Well, you know, mm-hmm. we need to start having these real conversations with families, um, because we can we can find out yeah. a lot more. I remember my grandfather. Um, I, I had to find out from uh, my mom and my mom's sister. Um, just asking more questions more questions. i I was able to find out about different diagnoses that my grandfather had but it wasn't information that was readily available I had to dig and pry you know um and mm-hmm. it brings up how much how much does this information mean to you how much inf- how much does this information mean mm-hmm. to you so yeah. um you know like when chadwick passed away I I sat there and I had so many questions in my head so mm-hmm. and you know I, I don't know his family history I don't know mm-hmm. anything but what the what the media tells us but you know you you just sit and wonder and you just have so many questions right um, so it's it's definitely important to uh talk to our families and I know sometimes I go off into the left but um <laughs> try to bring it back and <laughs> that was good <laughs>
0: good (laughs) I love having conversations like this because I just learned so much but you're right about um you hit the nail on the head because usually what do they say oh grandpa (laughs) so-and-so he had he had the sugars or the sugar or whatever they say for diabetes or whatever um like what (laughs) and then like in my family personally um like I couldn't tell you anything about my dad's side. nothing. I can't tell you about him. I can't tell you about his mom. Um, I could probably tell you a little bit about maybe a couple of sisters or something. but as far as my dad's side, when I, and and uh, talk about just um cringing when you go to the doctor's office and you fill out the paperwork and they're asking about history and stuff like that. it's 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 sometimes embarrassing to not be able to say, you know, well, My grand, my, my grandmama on my, on my dad's side had XYZ or experienced XYZ. Um, you know, healthcare, it sounds so simple and, and, and easy. But when you really break it down, there's, there are a lot of barriers, um, to it in our community. There are a lot of barriers to it. Just be able to get good healthcare, which everybody deserves. Everybody deserves good healthcare. That should not even be like, (laughs) like a thing. But um, yeah, so I know that you talked about. So I know we talked about some of the risks. Um, are there things that we can do now? Mind you, I understand that we can't control everything, and I say this all the time on the podcast. Well, if you're a perfectionist girl, please, okay, hear us when we say this. You cannot control everything, right? It just isn't going to happen. But I know that there are at least a couple of things that we can do to make sure that we're taking care of our health, um, you know, the best that we can for the season that we're in. So, um, what are maybe like a couple of things that we can do to just,
1: you know, do our best to take take care care of our health. health, We can establish a relationship with our doctor, whether it be a family doc. Well, typically it's a family doctor, establish a relationship with that doctor, um, getting a yearly exam and yearly blood work is important because some things can be um, found on exam or in blood work. Um, when it comes to diet, you want to have a diet high in fruits and vegetables and whole grains. So eating healthy is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, also increasing your physical activity. You definitely want to mm-hmm. exercise. Um, and limiting your alcohol consumption and mm-hmm. just avoiding tobacco altogether, because those things have been shown to increase your risk of certain cancers. So to live a healthier life, you definitely reduce and avoid those. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those things because for the most part, they're simple. Um and again, not that you can control everything, but you can definitely um, find even even one small change. Like, for example, um, if you're not very active, because, you know, you just with mm-hmm. everything that's <laughs> everything that's going on right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, you may not feel like being active. You might just want to lay in bed or just watch TV or eat or just, you know, comfort yourself because there's just so much. 2020 <laughs> is just like not for punks. It is just hitting us hard, <laughs> you know but um maybe just you know saying you know what i maybe i i don't exercise every day right now because i'm not in that space but maybe i just go for like a 10 minute walk 3 days a week and just build from there as i can just just getting started you know what i mean sometimes those small yes, things make, make a difference and um, um, another agree? thing i forgot to
1: mention was sleep getting sleep um, in terms of a healthy body, I think mm. it's essential for yes. us to sleep so that we can actually be productive the following day. Um, I'm not a fan of team, hashtag team no sleep and hashtag grind all the time. No, I'm taking naps mm. I'm so that I can actually be effective tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, something towards a healthy lifestyle would definitely be sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yes. absolutely.
0: So see, team naps. It's okay. It is definitely okay. You are not lazy. Girl, you are not lazy for taking a nap. You better go and lay down wrap to this podcast episode. Go take a nap. Go rest. Do something. Because <laughs> I'm all about the nap. I, I, Hey, I need to get a t-shirt that says I'm all about the naps because I am like rest. I can't do everything, but I one thing I can do and do well is post Absolutely. up somewhere and, you and, and me get my well rest applied? on for sure. Huh. Unashamed.
1: Unashamed. Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Like no shame in that, but yeah. So like she's like Dr. G said, like just resting, um, making space to be still, mm-hmm. not grinding yourself into the ground, um, delegating and ditching when necessary. If you can't do it, um, drinking your yeah. water. We're, we're here for water. We stand for water and just introducing yourself, your diet, you know, and, and just going for walks just to start, you know, take, take, if you're not doing anything right now, just take one of those little tweaks, just one, you know, and just build upon it. And when you're ready, add something else. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be, Oh, I got to do 15 things a day to say I'm taking care of myself That's or to important. practice self-care. You know what I mean? You got to just start with one thing. Just one thing. Yeah. So um I wanted to also ask you, Um, well, actually, I want to ask you two things. I wanted to ask you, how can we advocate for ourselves? Like, is there like one, maybe just one suggestion um that might be helpful for someone that feels like they just don't really know how to advocate for themselves when they're in front of a doctor, they don't know how to ask questions or they feel uncomfortable or they're scared. Like, is there maybe like a tip or two that Um, you can,
1: can give us? One thing you can do is if you are uncomfortable or afraid talking in front of your doctor, maybe bringing someone with you, someone who you trust and um, having that person come to the appointment with you um, mm-hmm. As a support, I know that, uh, you know, sometimes when I have patients and they bring mm-hmm. a family member, it kind of softens the visit a bit because the family member is encouraging them and nudging them to say what they want to mm-hmm. say. So having having someone with you um, may be a good support yes. so that you can start to ask the questions that you want to. And sometimes you may get nervous and cold feet. But guess what? The person who's next to you may start to speak up for you. You know, mm-hmm. I've had that happen where my patient is quiet and the person mm-hmm. who came with my patient says, well, Dr. G. And then they go into starting to ask the questions or mention the concern. You know, I I know um we're talking about colon cancer. I just want to m- mention this. I've had patients who the wife brought the mm-hmm. husband in because the husband was showing symptoms like rectal bleeding. And the husband was ashamed to even say he's having rectal bleeding, mm-hmm. but the wife or significant other mm-hmm. brought him in and she voiced it. Well, he's not going to say anything because he's embarrassed, but I'm going to tell you he's having some bleeding. So, you know, having that support person go mm-hmm. with you is critical. I think that's one way that we can advocate for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a huge way. That's
0: a huge way because you can have that that buffer, like you said, like someone that's just, you know, they have your back, they want the best for you. And I think sometimes doctors even, maybe it slows them down a little bit Mm -hmm. to have that extra person in there. I know that they're busy um, and they have a lot of people to see. But when I've had someone there with me, it seems like the appointments just flow yeah, a little bit differently. Somebody else has eyes on you. That makes sense. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really excellent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. So that's a, that's an excellent takeaway. Um, what do you feel about like jotting down questions before you go in?
1: Would that yes. help the doctor and, yes. and you have a better appointment? And I am. Oh, I'm so happy when patients come in with their little note card or a sheet of paper. Everything that you wanted to tell me that you experienced the last two weeks, you know, something happened, write it down. We'll address it at that visit. Granted, I don't mean write down 16 things, you know, (laughs) just a couple of points. That, that, you want answered and, um, key questions. So if you have, um, a specific appointment, like, so let's say, like, you're having a colonoscopy. I remember people call all the time afraid of what mm-hmm. the colonoscopy is. And they have a lot of questions for me. And, you know, I would mm-hmm. just have them write down your questions and before your appointment, We'll talk or we'll write down your questions and I'll give you a call, you know, callbacks. Um, But I, I think it's important to write down your questions. One, you forget. You can forget these questions. Um, So, yes, write it down. I'm an advocate for writing down mm-hmm. questions. And if, if any doctor does not want to answer your questions or shows that they don't have time to hear, answer your questions, get a new doctor. Mm-hmm. I repeat. Get a new doctor mm-hmm. if your current doctor does not want to answer your mm. questions. Hmm. Yes. Yeah,
0: for sure. Sometimes you got to fire that doctor. I've done that before. I had a male doctor who told me that, um, cause I had fibroids or, well, I'm saying had, hoping that's still the case, but I had fibroids, um, that I no longer have, God willing. And, um, when I was in my, like, maybe early thirties or late twenties, I can't recall, but had a white, you know, male doctor, probably in his fifties. He was my gynecologist. And he told me, you know, you just need to get your uterus removed. this was when I was in my twenties or early thirties, one of the two, because I was experiencing super heavy periods and, and things like that. And he was just like, you just need to get your, you just need to have a hysterectomy. I'm like, what? Like what doctor is telling a young woman to have just casually just, you know, Hey, just have a hysterectomy. That's what you need to do. Like, that's not acceptable to me. Like he didn't talk about exploring other options. He didn't talk about, you know, just anything that was his go-to just, just have the surgery, get your, your uterus removed. And sometimes you just have to let doctors like that go. Like there's just, they just, they're just not the right doctor for you. And it's, and it's okay for you to, you know, Prioritize yourself and, and, you know, move on to someone else and and try them out a little bit and see if you mesh better with that person, you know? Because not all doctors, unfortunately, have your best interest at heart. And that's why we need more of us in these roles like Dr. G, you know, so we can see a familiar face or not familiar, but you know what I mean? There's a difference when I go to like a black doctor compared to like a white doctor. There's just a, it's just different. So you mentioned a colonoscopy and I was going to ask you, like, can you, what is a colonoscopy? Does it hurt?
1: What are they doing? Do you have to, are sure. they put to sleep? Um, <laughs> what, what's going resident, on in the colonoscopy? Um, my, my, <laughs> one of my program directors actually did colonoscopy. So during residency, he taught us how to do it. Um, so <laughs> I, I remember mm-hmm. those experiences. So, um, as <clears throat> colonoscopy is a screening tool, for colon cancer. So um it's basically a long thin tube um with a camera on the tip of the tube. And the colon, mm-hmm. um remember the colon is a a long tube in itself that wraps in the body. So you have mm-hmm. the patient um prep the day before do a bowel prep. Um and basically clean out their bowels um so that mm-hmm. when you insert the col- the the scope mm-hmm. you can actually visualize what's happening inside of the the colon. It just does, it doesn't hurt because you're actually sleeping. You don't feel anything. Mm. You're sleeping. Um and mm-hmm. it sound it sounds painful and that's a question that I get a lot. Well, is it going to hurt? And I would say, no, it's not going to hurt. You're going mm-hmm. to be asleep. And um, the, the procedure itself can last about 15, 20 minutes or sometimes even faster, depending on who the doctor is. And afterwards, you, you're woken up and mm-hmm. a couple of hours later, you can start having soft liquids and soft foods. And then by the next day, you're back to eating your regular meals. Um, Within the procedure itself, we can visualize inside the colon Mm -hmm. uh, and that is where you will see any growths and um, you could also see polyps. Polyps are um, benign growths, non-cancerous growths. And um, you can actually take biopsies of growths and snip polyps, send it. They don't feel any of that because Mm -hmm. they're sleeping send it off to the lab, but Mm -hmm. that is critical because once you get that pathology report back, it will Mm -hmm. tell us what, what that specifically was. And I think if more people knew that the process Mm -hmm. is so quick, Mm -hmm. but the result, you know, just knowing that, knowing what was found inside the colon, if anything, I think the benefits outweigh the risk.
0: So yeah, I, I'm looking at the time and I could have you talking forever, but I have to be respectful of your time. Um so as we wrap this up, first of all, I want to say thank you for being with me on the show and for breaking everything down in such concise and simple, um, easy to digest like takeaways. I think the more that we um can be educated in that fashion, the the more we can take charge of our health, which is so important. Dr. G, what is your website and how can we get a hold of you?
1: So drg.inacharles.com. You can find me on Instagram at drg.inacharles, Dr. Gina Charles. You can find me on Facebook at Dr. Gina Charles and Twitter at Dr. Gina Charles as well.
0: Hey, guys, it's Brie again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, um, I appreciate the space and grace that you allowed. I had to go in and do a little tweaking, so some parts were a little bit cut off, and I do apologize again for that. But if you'd like to reach Dr. G or um, Dr. Gina Charles, I am going to put, again, all of her information in today's show notes, which you can find at browngirlselfcare.com. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening,
1: and I will see you next Monday.
0: So um, with that, I just again want to thank you so much for allowing me to pick your brain and allowing me to just present you to the community and, and have you share um, your your expertise and your your knowledge in regards to what we were talking about today and helping to advocate for us and helping us to advocate for ourselves as well. That's so important. So I'm I'm just so thank thankful you. that you were, were allowed thank that you, you were able to me. be here and spend some time with us today, Dr. G. Thank you. Thanks so much.